Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, Medium, and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit that show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, societal, but a disconnect from our true being or soul wisdom and offers insights into achieving healing on all levels, mind, body, and soul. And I am most delighted today to welcome Dr. B.S. Ajakumar, author of Excellence Has No Borders, How a Doctorpreneur Created a World-Class Cancer Hospital Change. And uh, it's an impressive and innovative approach to bringing quality medical help to all parts of the world. Hello, uh, Dr. Achakamar, and welcome to Healing from Within. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks a lot. I always love to ask my amazing guest to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others the interests and lifestyle they might pursue as an adult. For I feel the destiny and life plan of the soul begins at birth or even before conception in the universal source of creative life. So think back and tell us something that shows your beginning and how your life would proceed from there. Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. And uh, you know, I just want to say, like, uh, so important, uh, the type of family you're born to and how you're brought up. You know, the understanding what is right and what is not. I always believe, the, you know, from my father and mother, the value of uh, uh, giving, caring, and being your own conscious, being your keeper. And that is what I learned as a child, uh, understanding the right thing and having uh, compassion. And particularly from my mother, I learned a lot about how you treat other human beings the same way as you treat yourself. And this helped me to really um, uh, navigate my life in the right way. Even as a medical student, uh, you know, I always uh, felt how important it is to treat each patient as though you know, they are my own family, and give that care. Understand if my if my own sister, brother, mother, father had the disease, how we treat. And that is what I carried out throughout my life as a cancer specialist. Particularly when I, you know, having uh, partially trained in India and learned from my father about uh, the right way, the why, you know, what he experienced in the time of not yielding and doing the right thing beyond any form of corruption, anything. And that taught me the right thing to do and not to expect anything. The most important thing, I believe, is to do the right thing and more. Yes, so when I came to U.S. and uh, I was fortunate to go to MD Anderson, which is one of the premier cancer centers, people came all over the world to MD Anderson for, as a last hope. And there I learned uh, about meeting people, patients. You know, sometimes we felt 
I learn more from patients than from, from what I give to them. You know, that was the, that was the insight with which I live. Yeah, I like yeah. that you and, said. And, uh, I like that you said you didn't see the patients as victims. You saw them with the potential no, to heal, and and I love that you said you saw people with compassion and as members of your own family because we are all connected to yeah. each other intimately through our energy. And you told a story in the book that I liked. You said when you were a child in school, one classmate was treated very harshly by the teacher, and he hit yeah. his hand, and it became red and swollen. <laughs> and you, yeah, and you got a group of of students, children, to go to the headmaster, and this teacher was fired. <laughs> Yeah, and you learned that it, it, this is something you carried throughout your life, that you would have a sense of yeah. justice, and, and it was a core of your personality, and to welcome a challenge and see a way to find a solution. And that's what we need now in the world, yeah. not only in the field of medicine, but yeah. in everything. That is what we need. Let's go <laughs> on. Let's fast forward. Um, to the beginning of the book when you're becoming a doctor and you go to Boston now you're already married and you have this uh, you have a set of twins twin girls and you're at a low point no that is later on uh, yeah, yes. when I when I went to Houston I was single after I came to Burlington that is when I got married and the twins were born in 2000 before that, I had one girl and boy, and the twins were born in 2000. Oh, I see. Uh, well, I, I think that when I read this story, the girls had were already born, the twins. So you have four children. Yeah, I have four children. Beautiful. And I talked about my son who has, uh, you must have read about the son with yes. the Shannon muscular dystrophy and what I went through. Yes, he has a form of mul multiple uh, sclerosis or um, muscular dystrophy. He has a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Yes. And okay. this is one of those diseases which is, uh, there's no treatment. Even now there are some genetic treatment, but very little which uh, improves, uh, not that great. But, you know, people said, uh, I went to the local university in 1994. I'm such a positive person, honestly. You know, I, I always think uh, glass is half full. So when I, university, Iowa told me that, uh, and also Rochester, uh, that he has only 15 years to live. I said, okay, I'll accept it, like my cancer patients, you know, I'll accept, but let them do whatever we can. Today is 31 masters in psychology, doing very good, the bright kid, you know, he's obviously in a wheelchair, but phenomenal guy, and he's a great um, friend to me. <laughs> so all I can say is, uh, you know, in treating so many cancer patients, you know, we have to be positive, and that is one thing I kind of... Uh, uh, you, know, you know, counsel my patients, you know, uh, the positive uh, vibes are very important, family support is important, and the most important thing is be realistic, but accept the worst, but move on, and then when you do that, most of my patients, I have seen, you know, I have written some stories in my book about patients, that done remarkably well. And it is, it is the positive nature, you know, there are a lot of theories, maybe positivity brings better immunity, better fight against cancer, you know, better endocrine response, hormonal response, uh, better pathways to kill cancer cells, but all these are good, 
But theory, you know, I feel whatever the theory is being positive doesn't hurt. It's a boy being positive rather than saying I'm a cancer victim. So when I was doing my practice, even here and in India now, people are told you are a cancer victim. I know you are terminal cancer, you are stage four cancer. I feel all of that should be taken out. You know, we have to tell the patient a reality check. Look, your cancer is started from the breast. It has spread to liver. It has spread to lung. What is wrong? And you don't have the stage because the patient who has got stage four cancer in one bone is also called stage four. Multiple areas is also called stage four. Where the first patient can live for years, the second patient may live only one or two. So we have to. We should not confuse the patient, families, public at large. And that is why, you know, honestly, as you know, people use cancer in all kinds. Even corruption and nepotism, they say patient, they say it's a cancer of the society. Cancer has, the, has a bad connotation because of the way we have used in the past. So my whole idea of uh, writing this book is to convey, at least in the first part, that cancer should be treated like any other lifestyle disease. You know, you don't say diabetic victim. You don't say you're a blood pressure victim. So we should start using the right terminology and say the right thing. So the message is very clear to the society, patients, and particularly cancer patients that there is definitely positive things. Today in lung cancer, we have patients living for years because of the advances, even with advanced disease. So, and also it is mind over matter. How do you accept the disease? How do you decide to deal with it? So I think it is a very complex. If people ask me after 45 years, are you an expert in cancer? I say no. Every day I learn. <laughs> no? that is how of course, everything is always constantly changing. And most people are afraid of change. But change is just another opportunity to give us a chance to learn more about ourselves and this world. And I like the fact that uh, like COVID, <laughs> cancer has many different forms, and it doesn't discriminate against uh, boy or girl, rich or poor, or race or religion. Yes. It, 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 it is, how can yes. we say it? It, just, it is a disease for all people, and we want to find ways to live as well as we can with it, find cures for it, manage it, and not be afraid. Fear is what brings any illness to a level where it will defeat us. And if we want to defeat and live positively, as you said before, it is the only way to build the immune system and to build courage within our heart and soul and to live life every day in the present moment so we can enjoy what's happening without so much fear of the past or fear of the future. Because... Everything's happening. Absolutely. Yeah, in energy, everything's happening in a concentric circle, the past, the present, and the future. They're really happening all at once. We just are not aware of it because we're too busy watching the outside world and not going within to observe (laughs) who we really are. So so I I know from your culture in India, there is a great spiritual um, understanding of life in its many complexities. So tell us about your professional life in India and also the United States. You came here as a young man, but you always wanted to go back. You wanted to do both. 
and it's very complicated. Yeah. Uh, but how were you able to practice in India and um, also here? Yeah, when I, you know, when I came to United States, I, was, I came and did my postgraduate training in oncology. And in U.S., I had the opportunity to stay in MD Anderson and run the lung program because I was a dual trained in medical and radiation. But I chose to practice because I wanted to learn the ropes of uh, starting my own center, learning about the patient nuances. What does a cancer patient really expect? And what is it like? And how is it I can uh, one day maybe do in India where there is so much need? So when I started my practice in uh, you know 200 miles west of Chicago, I, I learned a lot. People, you know, very quickly, surely won't believe that within a matter of uh, less than a year, people came from 100 mile radius. I had became so busy within one year, I had to, I had to get partners. <laughs> so I was like, you know, and the patients, you know, the time you spend with the patient, you know, it doesn't matter. You know what? Uh, what is your diversity? That's why I called it. There no excellence is no borders. Here I was an Indian doctor who came to practice in a nearly uh, 99% white community, and uh, you know I was the first, uh, I would say, foreign doctor to practice actually from uh, from uh, from uh, uh, emerging market. So when I started practicing, you know, I I couldn't believe the response I got. The the support I got from the local doctors, everybody was amazing. But you know the the patients always the other doctors used to Doctor Achakumar, that to me is very important that you said you got the support from the American doctors and and they helped you yeah. because and I see so much corruption still in all fields in everywhere. It's not only in the U.S. and I'm always hot. It it warms my heart when I hear uh, a person is received as a human being, as an intelligent, caring, loving part of uh, their medical practice and family. Because that's the way we're going to defeat all these diseases. It's only together that we can do it. Right? So that's very nice. uh, Was there one doctor that helped you a lot? Was there one doctor that helped you a lot? One statement I want to make is, Correct, correct. And one of the things I want to say is, see, it, it doesn't matter what what you are, what color you are, and who you are, what religion you are. What matters is what is what is your capabilities, what you are. If you are a good doctor, I think everybody accepts you, should accept you, not based on what is your background, you know. I think that is where today the world has changed, where there is so much of... Uh, as you see, animosity, so many things have happened because of religion, caste, color. Yes. But ultimately, you know, we need to really think of what, what kind of a human being you are. You know, I, I think that is where some of the disconnect has happened in the society, which we need to bring together. There should be harmony and, you know, you know and goodness in people we have to look at. I, also, I always believe everybody is good. And the goodness can rub off. People think negativism only grows. You know, negativism breaks negativism, which may be true, but positivity also can. If you are a positive person and start getting the positivity, it can spread. But unfortunately, today the media, the way they talk, if you open the news, it's only negative news. (laughs) I think we need to bring about positivity in the society. That is what is lacking. Yeah, I think we... 
We need less political interference into all businesses, corporations, medical institutions, education. I think we need much, much less of that, and we need much more humanity and caring and compassion and bringing yeah. together and working yeah. together yeah. to build better family lives, better institutions, better. right? And that's what you were doing, and that's what you learned from being in two cultures. Now, let's go on to, yeah. and how did the political upheavals that you saw in both India and America affect your progress or deci- decisions. Now, you talk about yeah. 1975 yeah. and what was going on in India, and then you talk about um, um U.S. pulling out its forces from Vietnam. And so there was a lot of, when you were a young doctor, there was a lot of political stuff going on that <laughs> affected the world. Yeah. It's going on now, too, in a different way. But it's still going on. So tell us something about that. How it affected your well, very progress and decisions. Yeah. When I came to the United States, you know, at that time the Vietnam War was ending, and people were, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, thinking about what next. Is U.S. the superpower? How are we going to manage? How, what is our future? There was Martin Luther King had died. There was internally a lot of civil rights were healing. It was a healing process and it was phenomenal. And the next 30, 40 years, I know, until 2000, I saw, I saw this developing. While in India, when I started looking at it, even though India is democracy, there were issues. It was very much government control. Free enterprise was not there. But in the 90s, liberalization took place. And that is, you know, when I started looking at India, I traveled across India, by the way, in the 80s, mid-80s, myself and my wife. I went to all parts of India by train, by walk, and by train. I saw people, particularly in cancer care, government institutions, waiting for 12 hours to get very, you know, uh, primitive treatment. That is what made me think. When I saw a child wait for 12 hours to get cobalt therapy, I said, okay, this is not correct. You know, I have to use my expertise, come back and do where the need is. And, uh, you know, my family fortunately supported me. And when I came, I was against any form of bribery and nepotism. I fought bribery. As I've written in the book, you know, I refused to bribe for uh, somebody to turn on the electricity in my hospital. And I used a generator for a year. So I conducted meetings on uh, uh, against bribery, against corruption, you know, bureaucracy. You know, I was I was known as a pretty radical, even though I was coming and going. But you know, in the end, I feel I have taken the right royal path to achieve these goals. Whatever I have done in the multiple cancer centers in India, 25, it is a, nobody in the world had something like that under one network. Comprehensive cancer centers under one network, treating 100,000 cancer new patients a year. In Harvard Business School, I've written a letter as a case study. Yeah, how do you get the support? How do you get the support that you need? Do you get it from the government? Do you get it from private institutions? No, no, one thing I decided is no government support. I'll do without it. It's only the doctors we came together. We got private equity, which was very good, and some other people who are thematic private equity investors invested with us. And uh, they got the returns, but the most important thing is today I can say very proudly, uh, HCG has made a difference, paradigm shift in how we treat cancer. And because of us, others have followed. 
and they can you know we access nearly you know half the population are access to hcg today in india half the population so i think this is uh, this is a paradigm shift and uh, and with this others are followed that is what we wanted others to follow and uh, even into tier 2 tier 3 cities so people can access good cancer care without traveling long distances and this is like i look upon it as a social thing you know i am not a serial entrepreneur i am a social entrepreneur <laughs> so i think it's very important that uh, we we don't refuse treatment by the way to anyone you know if somebody needs a high end radiation therapy like cybernetic which costs uh, $20000 we say okay come at night 11 o'clock and we'll treat you free Oh, you uh, found ways. Yes. So you're doing you you you're doing uh, charity work too. You you're not turning people away, yes. which is the right way to 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 care for everybody. You yeah. know, then why did you become a doctor? If I turn away people, I shouldn't be a doctor. <laughs> Simple as that. I should create a model where I can treat everyone, and it is yes. possible that what we call as cross subsidies. That was the Harvard case study. How we can cross subsidies and our outcome. is equal to best of center which was measured, measured by Harvard review well, so i think it is in a way the model we have created best of all whole world yeah true healers don't see a dollar sign they see a soul they see a human being and they give and when you give of course you receive in so many different ways it might not be financially always but you receive in the heart Absolutely. the goodwill and it's so 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 very important can you tell us of a case there was one special case that i read about about a young farmer from orlando florida um yes. would you tell us about that case um do you remember no, that no i think the case of uh, yeah yeah again farmer like i was talking about cancer there are two cases i'll tell you one is uh, about young farmer who came uh, to me in 1984 Uh, 82 he said doctor i have this um, uh, case history in 1975 when i looked at it he said um, i've been um, told in 1974 that dr smith opened my chest and said uh, uh, you know uh, you have uh, uh, mr hill person or something his name was hill heaven hill he said you have uh, five you have five months to live you have a nice summer i can't operate and he was alive every summer he was looking for his cancer the cancer is such an enigma after 7 years he comes and shows a lump and you know and he said advanced by so cancer is something you know nobody can predict for sure nobody can tell you in time and time yeah that you're going to go <laughs> i know i know it, it's yeah. very hard to yeah. predict and the other lady is my very first patient i remember she was a school teacher 32 and uh, she had a very nice family two two little kids you know like one year and uh, uh, one year and one kid was three years she came with inflammatory breast cancer she said uh, doctor I, i i have been told that i have very advanced cancer locally and i i don't know how i'm going to see my children i said you know may just let us do the right treatment let us follow this protocol and just be positive you won't believe she lived up till 64 Not only she saw her child grow up, Mary. She saw grandchildren. They finally got some heart condition. Now that's a success story that I like. 
I really like that story. Great. Why? What would you like readers uh, uh, of Excellence Has No Borders to take away with them after reading your personal journey to success as a doctor, and more importantly, a person with heart, soul, and integrity? What would you like them to take away with them? I think the message is, you know, uh, it does. It is uh, one thing, you know, being very positive, uh, looking at everything as though it's a glass is half full. And, and you know, there is nothing which is not achievable as human beings. People tell me that you can't achieve this. The multiple center is a dream. My own family is But, you know, whatever I achieve, because I have a single focused approach, and I, I think failures are also good. In a way, failures are also success. Yes. We have to learn from it and see how to do. And also we have to, you know, be empathy, you know, understanding, and being a real human being, not only in words, but practice. I think that is the most thing. You have to practice what you preach. Walk the talk. That is that is so critical nowadays. And everything cannot be dollar. You have to do what right. is right. Maybe the dollar will follow you, whatever it is. But it is doing the right thing. That right. is how I think I keep my conscience clear and do the right thing. Excellent. And, and I also agree with you. There is no failure. There is no right or wrong. Yes. Uh, there's no good or bad. There is only experience and attitude. <laughs> attitude is everything, yeah. and that's what came through in your. No, after people ask me, people ask me, I know I want to be happy. How can you be happy without experiencing unhappiness? You go family man. You know, my own children, my kids, and I say, I want happy happiness cannot come without unhappiness. So it right. is a journey. You should love the journey. I think then you would, you would be a very content individual. Absolutely. And I want to thank you, Dr. Ajakumar, author Thanks. of Excellence Has New Borders, for sharing a very colorful story of life in India and America, sharing the dramatic changing political scene, and of course all the changes in your treatment of cancer as new and hopeful treatments continue to emerge and improve care for the many who contract this illness. To enjoy the story of the search for living well and prospering while serving, and to purchase this book, go to Dr. B S Ajakumar.com or Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Ajakumar has given us a view and perspective of the many life experiences on his journey to becoming a dedicated caring oncologist and pursuing an interest through the many challenges presented by the medical institutions in both India and the United States of the social and political obstacles to be overcome to provide cancer care in clinics and how the difficulties that affect the health system and his patients actually help us all to learn more about ourselves and to grow and to become better human beings. Throughout the detailed story of life, medicine, family, curing and living with illness in the family, it is clear that we meet many people, have many experiences, some perceived as good or bad, which are actually not either, simply experiences that remind us of our inner personal strength to live life fully and courageously 
and Dr. Atjakumar shares an eternal truth and writes, The idea to get PE funding was a game changer for us. We pivoted into a new orbit after this episode. When I think of the contributions of Vashudevan and several other people to HCG and to my life, I recall an important lesson. Never forget what others have done for you, but forget what you have done for others. I believe this helps tremendously to simplify things and make human relationships easier to navigate. When you do something for others and they don't do something in return, you feel miserable, whereas when you don't expect anything in return, you're fine. If people come and ask you to give them one rupee and you give them the money, you'll be worried about when they will pay you back. Instead, give them 20% of that with no expectation of return and automatically the worry goes away. In simple words, do what you can for others, then forget about it. This is the way forward for me. And today, this is part of H.C. G culture and all my personal and financial adventures. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, Reiki Master Energy Teacher, and author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits. And I invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical field, scientific, spiritual, medical, religious, educational, and arts and music share heart-opening perspectives to understand our multidimensional physical and spiritual realities. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.